0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Preparation for the Christmas season can often feel busy and frantic, but it doesn't have to be this way. Keep listening to hear more about Betty Dickinson's new book, Making Room in Advent, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable.
1: This is IVP.
0: Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your word is truth, your
1: word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press.
0: Your word is truth, your word is life.
1: The daily audio Bible podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Echemini Uwam.
0: Let's get in the word and may the word get in us. Open our eyes that we
1: may behold wonderful things in your word.
0: Old Testament reading. 1st Chronicles chapter 3, verses 10 through 16. Solomon's descendants. Solomon's son was Rehoboam, followed by Abijah his son, Asa his son, Jehoshaphat his son, Joram his son, Ahaziah his son. Joash, his son. Amaziah, his son. Azariah, his son. Jotham, his son. Ahaz, his son. Hezekiah, his son. Manasseh, his son. Amon, his son. Josiah, his son. The sons of Josiah. Johanan was the firstborn. Jehoiakim was born second. Zedekiah, third. And Shalom, fourth the sons of Jehoiakim, his son Jehoiachin, and his son Zedekiah. Jeremiah chapter 39 through Jeremiah chapter 40 verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah chapter 39 beginning at verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came against Jerusalem with his whole army and laid siege to it. The siege began in the tenth month of the ninth year that Zedekiah ruled over Judah. It lasted until the ninth day of the fourth month of Zedekiah's eleventh year. On that day, they broke through the city walls. Then Nergal, Sherezar of Samgar, Nebo, Sarsakim, who was a chief officer, Nergal, Sherezar, who was a high official, and all the other officers of the king of Babylon came and set up quarters in the middle gate. When King Zedekiah of Judah and all his soldiers saw them, they tried to escape. They departed from the city during the night. They took a path through the king's garden and passed out through the gate between the two walls. Then they headed for the Rift Valley, but the Babylonian army chased after them. They caught up with Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho and captured him. They took him to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon at Riblah in the territory of Hamath, and Nebuchadnezzar passed sentence on him there. There at Riblah, the king of Babylon had Zedekiah's sons put to death while Zedekiah was forced to watch. The king of Babylon also had all the nobles of Judah put to death. Then he had Zedekiah's eyes put out and had him bound in chains to be led off to Babylon. The Babylonians burned down the royal palace, the temple of the Lord, and the people's homes, and they tore down the wall of Jerusalem. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, took captive the rest of the people who were left in the city. He carried them off to Babylon along with the people who had deserted to him but he left behind in the land of Judah some of the poor people who owned nothing. He gave them fields and vineyards at that time. Now King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had issued orders concerning Jeremiah. He had passed them on through Nebuzaradan, the captain of his royal guard. Find Jeremiah and look out for him. Do not do anything to harm him, but do with him whatever he tells you. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, Nebuchadnezzar, who was a chief officer, Nergal. Sherezar, who was a high official, and all the other officers of the king of Babylon sent and had Jeremiah brought from the courtyard of the guardhouse. They turned him over to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and the grandson of Shaphan, to take him home with him. But Jeremiah stayed among the people. Ebed-Melech is promised deliverance because of his faith. Now the Lord's message had come to Jeremiah while he was still confined in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Go and tell Ebed-Melech the Nubian. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, has said. I will carry out against the city what I promised. It will mean disaster and not good fortune for it. When that disaster happens, you will be there to see it. But I will rescue you when it happens. I, the Lord, affirm it. You will not be handed over to those whom you fear. I will certainly save you. You will not fall victim to violence. You will escape with your life because you trust in me. I, the Lord, affirm it. Jeremiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah is set free a second time. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah after Nebuzaradan, The captain of the royal guard had set him free at Ramah. He had taken him there in chains along with the people from Jerusalem and Judah who were being carried off to exile to Babylon. The captain of the royal guard took Jeremiah aside and said to him, The Lord your God threatened this place with this disaster. Now he has brought it about. The Lord has done just as he threatened to do. The disaster has happened because you people sinned against the Lord and did not obey him. But now, Jeremiah, today, I will set you free from the chains on your wrists. If you would like to come to Babylon with me, come along, and I will take care of you. But if you prefer not to come to Babylon with me, you are not required to do so. You are free to go anywhere in the land you want to go. Go wherever you choose. Before Jeremiah could turn to leave, the captain of the guard added, Go back to Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon appointed to govern the towns of Judah, go back and live with him among the people, or go wherever else you choose. Then the captain of the guard gave Jeremiah some food and a present and let him go. So Jeremiah went to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mizpah, and lived there with him. He stayed there to live among the people who had been left in the land of Judah. Jeremiah chapter 52 Verses 6 through 27. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city was so severe the residents had no food. They broke through the city walls and all the soldiers tried to escape. They left the city during the night. They went through the gate between the two walls that is near the king's garden. The Babylonians had the city surrounded. Then they headed for the Rift Valley, but the Babylonian army chased after the king. They caught up with Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho, and his entire army deserted him. They captured him and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, in the territory of Hamath, and he passed sentence on them there. The king of Babylon had Zedekiah's sons put to death while Zedekiah was forced to watch. He also had all the nobles of Judah put to death there at Riblah. He had Zedekiah's eyes put out and had him bound in chains. Then the king of Babylon had him led off to Babylon. He was imprisoned there until the day he died. On the tenth day of the fifth month in the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard who served the king of Babylon, arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and all the houses in Jerusalem, including every large house. The whole Babylonian army that came with the captain of the royal guard tore down the walls that surrounded Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, took into exile some of the poor, the rest of the people who remained in the city, those who had deserted to the king of Babylon, and the rest of the craftsmen. But he left behind some of the poor and gave them fields and vineyards. The Babylonians broke the two bronze pillars in the temple of the Lord, as well as the movable stands and the large bronze basin called the sea. They took all the bronze to Babylon. They also took the pots, shovels, trimming shears, basins, pans, and all the bronze utensils used by the priests. Captain of the royal guard took the gold and silver bowls, censers, basins, pots, lampstands, pans, and vessels. The bronze of the items that King Solomon made for the Lord's Temple, including the two pillars, the large bronze basin called the sea, the twelve bronze bulls under the sea, and the movable stands was too heavy to be weighed. Each of the pillars was about 27 feet high, about 18 feet in circumference, three inches thick and hollow. The bronze top of one pillar was about seven and a half feet high and had bronze lattice work and pomegranate-shaped ornaments all around it the second pillar with its pomegranate-shaped ornaments was like it. There were 96 pomegranate-shaped ornaments on the sides, and all there were 100 pomegranate-shaped ornaments over the lattice work that went around it. The captain of the royal guard took Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the priest who was second in rank, and the three doorkeepers. From the city he took an official who was in charge of the soldiers, seven of the king's advisors who were discovered in the city an official army secretary who drafted citizens for military service and 60 citizens who were discovered in the middle of the city. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. The king of Babylon ordered them to be executed at Riblah in the territory of Hamath. So Judah was taken into exile away from its land. Second Kings chapter 25 verses 8 through 21. Nebuchadnezzar destroys Jerusalem. On the seventh day of the fifth month in the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard who served the king of Babylon, arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and all the houses in Jerusalem, including every large house. The whole Babylonian army that came with the captain of the royal guard tore down the walls that surrounded Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, deported the rest of the people who were left in the city those who had deserted to the king of Babylon and the rest of the craftsmen. But he left behind some of the poor of the land and gave them fields and vineyards. The Babylonians broke the two bronze pillars in the Lord's temple, as well as the movable stands and the big bronze basin called the sea. They took the bronze to Babylon. They also took the pots, shovels, trimming shears, pans, and all the bronze utensils used by the priests. The captain of the royal guard took the golden and silver censers and basins. The bronze of the items that King Solomon made for the Lord's temple, including the two pillars, the big bronze basin called the sea, the twelve bronze bulls under the sea, and the movable stands was too heavy to be weighed. Each of the pillars was about 27 feet high. The bronze top of one pillar was about four and a half feet high and had bronze lattice work and pomegranate shaped ornaments all around it. The second pillar, with its lattice work, was like it. The captain of the royal guard, took Saraiah, the chief priest, and Zephaniah, the priest who was second in rank, and three doorkeepers. From the city, he took a eunuch who was in charge of the soldiers' five of the king's advisors, who were discovered in the city, an official army secretary who drafted citizens for military service and sixty citizens from the people of the land who were discovered in the city. Nebuzaradan, captain of the royal guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah, The king of Babylon ordered them to be executed at Riblah, in the territory of Hamath. So Judah was deported from its land. New Testament Reading Acts chapter 14 Acts chapter 14, beginning at verse 1 Paul and Barnabas at Iconium The same thing happened in Iconium when Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a large group of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they stayed there for a considerable time, speaking out courageously for the Lord, who testified to the message of his grace, granting miraculous signs and wonders to be performed through their hands. But the population of the city was divided, some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When both the Gentiles and the Jews, together with their rulers, made an attempt to mistreat them and stone them, Paul and Barnabas learned about it and fled to the Lycaonian city of Lystra and Derbe and the surrounding region. There they continued to proclaim the good news. Paul and Barnabas at Lystra. In Lystra sat a man who could not use his feet, lame from birth, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he was speaking. When Paul stared intently at him and saw he had faith to be healed, He said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped up and began walking. So when the crowds saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. They began to call Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priests of the temple of Zeus, located just outside the city, brought bulls and garlands to the city gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard about it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Men, why are you doing these things? We too are men with human natures just like you. We are proclaiming the good news to you so that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without a witness by doing good, by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying you with food and your hearts with joy. Even by saying these things, they scarcely persuaded the crowds not to offer sacrifice to them. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And after winning the crowds over, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, presuming him to be dead. But after the disciples had surrounded him, he got up and went back into the city. On the next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch in Syria. After they had proclaimed the good news in that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch. They strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith, saying, We must enter the kingdom of God through many persecutions. When they had appointed elders for them in the various churches with prayer and fasting, they entrusted them to the protection of the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came into Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attalia. From there they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. When they arrived and gathered the church together, they reported all the things God had done with them, and that he had opened a door of faith for the Gentiles. So they spent considerable time with the disciples. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Thrice holy God, I thank you for your word, O God. Um, Thank you, O God, for both the Old and the New Testament, O God, that teach us, O God, that you are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thank you for being the Alpha and the Omega. And thank you, O God, that we can depend on you uh, because there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thank you, O oh God, that you change us not, O oh God, as fickle and as as much as we change, O oh God, you don't change, O oh God. So I thank you, O oh God, that we can depend and trust in your character, O oh God, whenever we, when we, especially when we read um, passages about judgment, rightful judgment that is uh, due to your people, O oh God. But we just thank you so much, O oh God, for the ways in which you still always show your mercy Toward us, your compassion toward us. God, I pray that we would not be a people that have to be uh, um, turned and um, coerced by bit and bridle. God, that we would be a people, oh God, with hearts set on obeying you and following you, being eager to do so, oh God. Uh, That way we don't have to be forced. We don't have to be coerced, oh God. It is a joy to serve you. It is a joy and a privilege to be a child of God. Thank you, oh God, for for your word, O oh God, and the testimonies here, O oh God, and the power of the kingdom of God going forth, O oh God, and the evidences of that through the miraculous signs and wonders performed through Barnabas and Paul, O oh God. Our hearts are so prone to wander, O oh God, that it's so easy for us to get caught up seeing a miraculous sign and, and then wanting to worship the one who actually committed the The act instead of the one who, the one you, oh God, that who gives the power uh, for that miraculous power to flow through, oh God, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, oh God. We can get it twisted every now and then, oh God. Would you help us to not mistake, oh God, the signs and the wonders, oh God, for the one, for you, the one who actually grants those miraculous signs and wonders. You are the miracle working God. So, Father, Would you help us, oh God, to continually look to you, oh God? And I I pray, oh God, that the way that Paul was able to see the faith, oh God, of the lame man, oh God, I pray, oh God, and I thank you that Lord, even when we feel that we have little faith, no faith at all, oh God, or where we feel like the 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 man in Mark 9 that says, "I, I believe, but help my unbelief. I thank you, oh God, that our faith, oh God, Rest in the object <laughs> of who our faith is directed toward. And I thank you that our faith is directed toward Jesus Christ, O oh God, so that when we feel that we have we are of little faith, when we feel very weak and we feel like, ugh, you know, we, we don't feel very uh, strong in our faith, I thank you, oh God, that the that what you care about is the object of our faith, oh God. And I thank you, oh God, that you are the object of our faith, the thrice holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would you help us, O oh God, to keep our faith in you, O oh God, and knowing, O oh God, that without faith, it's impossible to please you. So would you help us to continue to look to you, to trust, O oh God, that you, by your grace, by your mercy, um, and, and just as an as a outworking of your love, you do indeed grant to us a good, gifts, oh God, just because of who you are, oh God. Thank you that is not dependent on our works or our righteousness, but by your grace and your compassion. I pray this all in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. What if we stopped and listened to the movement and unfolding of God's plan around us? Making Room in Advent by Betty Dickinson is an invitation away from the chaos and into the space where God is at work. Join Betty as she moves through the story of Jesus' birth and the stories of the many people that were part of the journey. Each page of this 25-part devotional is filled with an original painting that will fill you with hope and wonder during the Advent season, as well as offer spiritual practices, breath prayers, and reflection questions that allow you to truly make room for God's